You're listening to the Functional Nurse Podcast. On today's episode, we will answer the question, can a registered nurse practice functional medicine? So stay tuned. Hello, nurses, and welcome to another episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Sager. I'm a family nurse practitioner, functional medicine consultant, and a nurse educator. And today I wanted to explore with you a question that I am really frequently asked, can a registered nurse practice functional medicine? And I will start by saying that this episode is not a substitute for legal counsel. Anytime that a nurse is questioning their scope of practice or whether something is within their scope in their particular jurisdiction, state, whatever that may be for them, I encourage them to seek a lawyer to help them set up their practice or get advice on their scope of practice. Nonetheless, this is an important topic and it comes up often in discussions with my RN and NP students. Now, when students take the course that I teach, we have an assignment where they research their state scope of practice and then we explore that. And what most students find is that they are quite surprised how much of a functional medicine is fully within the scope of a registered nurse. Another episode is planned for us to have a bigger conversation about crossing state lines and practicing with your title. And I think that that is a very important topic for us to explore separately. And so we will do that in an upcoming episode. When my students do research on their scope of practice, it is uh, RN and NP students. So they are going to find different information based on their licensure. Of course, nurse practitioners in different states in the United States are finding that their scope of practice is really specific to their state. Registered nurses across the board find that being an educator, an advocate for their patients, doing activities with their patients that promote wellness is fully within the scope of a registered nurse. And if you're curious about this for yourself as a registered nurse, I encourage you to look up your scope of practice in your state and you will very likely find, as I believe we've had students from every state now, that uh, being an educator is fully within your scope. So some things that come up often in functional medicine include topics we talked about in a prior episode. Uh, supplements are often used in functional medicine, and it can often be a stereotype of functional medicine that supplements are replacing medications. I really focus when teaching functional medicine on that not being the case. Our goal is to address lifestyle and optimize nutrition. There are a few supplements that I feel like people do often end up staying on long-term. For lab work, that is another thing that gets stereotyped often in functional medicine, that it is a bunch of expensive labs. And a lot of my nursing students choose to use no lab work whatsoever, and uh, they're able to help their clients significantly. So I want to talk about those in this episode today. And then I also wanted to dispel the idea of diagnosing that nurses would be diagnosing anyone if they're practicing functional medicine. 
The truth is that in functional medicine, we look for the root cause of a condition. So let's say somebody has hypertension. I use that one as my example all the time because it's in, very relatable for nurses. We may look for the root cause of hypertension and find that the cause is any number of conditions like sleep apnea or nutrient deficiency. But that issue may have other symptoms in other body systems. So someone that is deficient in a nutrient may have hypertension, but they may also have other symptoms that manifest in other body systems. And this is a different way of looking at healthcare than we were trained in nursing school, learning that each system is separate. Well, when we do that, we start to learn that diagnosing and putting a label on one condition with a diagnosable disease is not particularly useful in functional medicine. We get a full history from our clients and try to uncover the root cause of their health conditions, which often involves hearing their health history and plotting out a timeline of when things started and what happened prior to that. As a result, we are not looking at a person's list of medical diagnoses and deciding on an intervention. Rather, we are uncovering the root cause and addressing it by trying to remove anything that may have caused it and to heal the body. So diagnosing is not within the scope of practice of any registered nurse in any state in the United States is what my knowledge is to speak of. But we have had students in several other countries and they definitely have their own experiences with their scope of practice. So that is a caveat to be certain. When we talk about the verbiage of functional medicine, obviously I am a fan of the term functional nursing. Uh, it was something that I had been thinking about when I was learning functional medicine, that it is not the art of medicine at all. It is definitely the art of nursing. And in our very first cohort of students, we had a student that referred to it as functional nursing. So I figured that we are onto something. So people will get caught up in the idea that nurses can't practice medicine. And I will say, A, if that were the case, then nurses would not be becoming nurse practitioners because in nurse practitioner school, you may already know that I strongly feel that we are being trained to diagnose and prescribe in nurse practitioner school. And so that is the practice of medicine that is not within the scope of a registered nurse. But many registered nurses work in an internal medicine clinic and they may even see patients and bill for their visits. I know in my primary care practice, we had a registered nurse and she saw patients for us and she billed for her visits. That is 100% a billable visit and the term in an internal medicine clinic, one of our attached clinics was an internal medicine clinic. They had an RN and she saw patients. So I think that it is a little bit of getting caught up in the verbiage to say that nurses can't practice functional medicine because of the term medicine. That does not mean that what we're doing in functional medicine has anything to do with diagnosing or prescribing. I personally feel that I do very little that's in my nurse practitioner's scope of practice now that I offer functional medicine consulting specifically. I'd say when I try to estimate it, 95% of what I offer my clients is registered nurse scope of practice. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in this episode as well.
So if we replace the term functional medicine with a term like holistic nursing, then I think we can see that nurses are fully able to practice functional medicine or holistic nursing, as I believe that they are essentially equivalent terms. Functional medicine is addressing root cause, and we discover that the majority of root causes of chronic illnesses has to do with our lifestyle and how we are activating our genes with our choices and exposures in our lives. So functional medicine as a nurse is taking the time to hear the full patient history and uncover the root cause of health concerns and help heal that using holistic practices. I feel personally that registered nurses are the perfect practitioner for this. And the majority of functional medicine training is actually started in every nurse's foundational nursing program. What we do in the program that I teach is add on the how of functional medicine. So I take the language that we speak as nurses and build the course to reveal the obvious truths that we have learned already in nursing school. And then we build on top of that and say, now here is how to help people heal when you find this to be the root cause. I want to go back and talk about supplements for a minute. An example I use often when talking about scope of practice for registered nurses is how often as a nurse has someone come to you and asked you what to do about an injury like a twisted ankle and you might recommend that they use ibuprofen or Tylenol. Maybe you haven't felt comfortable with this and that's totally fine. Um, how often have you seen on someone's lab work that was ordered by someone else that their vitamin D was low and you told them that that's available at the pharmacy in town? That is not prescribing and there is no diagnosing that has occurred. And so when we approach functional medicine from this perspective that all registered nurses have educator in their scope of practice, we can then say that it is fully within the scope of a registered nurse to educate their clients on their health concerns. In the example of the vitamin D, a registered nurse can provide a handout on the benefits of vitamin D supplementation, concerns that may be appropriate. They could simply suggest that a patient go back to their primary care provider and discuss their low vitamin D levels with them. They can educate them on the benefits of supplementing vitamin D. They can tell them about studies that have proven the benefit, talk about symptoms of low vitamin D levels, and they can also educate them on how to find quality supplementation versus having people go grab things at the pharmacy that may be of a inferior quality. When we talk about things like ibuprofen and Tylenol, we have often told people to follow the instructions on the label. Now, this isn't always the case in functional medicine, and I often tell my students that we aren't going to have specific doses, but rather a goal for many of the choices that we help our clients make with this. Nowhere in the practice of nursing are we prescribing or telling our patients or clients to go use a particular supplement for a concern. 
Magnesium is often something that is deficient. It has been found to be deficient in over 50% of the U.S. adult population. And there are many symptoms that we learn in the course about ways that someone may present with magnesium deficiency. And there are many formulations of magnesium that have different proven benefits in the body. So someone may choose a certain one if they have a gastrointestinal concern, a different one if they are worried about brain health, and so on. The same is true for magnesium, as I mentioned, for vitamin D. We can provide this education to our patients. We can say, did you know that over 50% of U.S. adults are deficient in magnesium? Did you know that some of the most common symptoms of vitamin D deficiency include three of the things that you mentioned here on your intake form. And you can educate them on times where it may be a concern to supplement with magnesium, such as someone with chronic kidney disease. All of that education is not a prescription, and you may choose within your scope of practice to send that person back to discuss magnesium supplementation further with their primary care provider. So a registered nurse can certainly have a conversation with someone about the risks and benefits of supplementing and the patient can make an informed decision. When we talk about lab work and functional medicine, there are a lot of very expensive tests that you can order for your clients in functional medicine. I personally try to use the least number of tests possible, and I teach my students how to use the patient's health history as a directive for the majority of their care. So often my students and myself will get lab work that has been done by a patient's primary care provider over the last few years and review it before the initial intake. In that lab work, there can be enough information within the normal reference range to find a significant amount of direction to take with that person without any expensive tests. Similarly, another test that's really popular in functional medicine is cortisol testing. And the question that I often ask my students is what would they do differently if they had the results of a cortisol test that showed that their patient had high cortisol or low cortisol levels? Does it correlate with what they were already planning to do based on the patient's health history, self-care measures, sleep hygiene? So I often don't find that cortisol testing is necessary. Um, Sometimes I have patients who feel that they would benefit from seeing the results, and that is a great time to do that test. Stool testing is another example of this, where there are several options for stool testing in functional medicine. And if we first tune up someone's diet or lifestyle and they find that their symptoms go away, stool testing isn't necessary. The reason that I mention this is to point out that we can have someone come to us with some significant concerns, and when we address the basics, we can eliminate the need for any expensive testing. I often have clients that come to me ready to address their hormones, and I move that onto the back burner while we work on some more fundamental things in their lifestyle and their health habits. Often there is no need for them to have any expensive hormone testing done once we get to the root cause and address their lifestyle. So for a lot of cases, I find that I don't do anything beyond the registered nurse's scope of practice. I also find that most people get better with this. 
when we look at the prevalence of all chronic health conditions, almost everyone has drastically risen in the last few decades. And if we compare this to rates of these conditions over the last 100 years or more, we see that it has skyrocketed with an increase in our stressful, fast-paced lives. So there isn't a need for more prescription medication in our lives or more expensive testing for us to truly help heal people. If testing and medication were going to heal our society, we would not have an increasing rate of most chronic health conditions. What people really need is a practitioner that is going to take the time to listen to their health story and guide them with some clarity. There is a lot of misinformation and too much information, honestly, that people are exposed to on a daily basis. It can become really confusing and nurses really undervalue their ability to be those guides through the healthcare system. We are in a great position to provide education and guidance for our patients and clients to help them navigate the confusion that they're exposed to. And the question I often ask about this is just today, how much healthcare information have you been exposed to through the media, through a coworker, family member's opinion? And, you know, on the average day, we're exposed to so many different things, how great coffee can be for you, how bad coffee can be for you, how great chocolate is for you, how bad chocolate is for you, red wine's good for you, red wine's bad for you. So by the time my students have done uh, the full functional medicine for nurses course, I think that they have enough clarity that they can be that person for their patients where they're guiding them through the healthcare system in an informed way. And that has nothing to do with diagnosing them with any new health conditions or prescribing. We're going to have an upcoming episode where we talk more about nurses ordering lab work. And I in no way endorse nurses ordering lab work. It's not within their scope to order lab work, but patients will often come to us with lab work to review. They may also choose to go back to their primary care provider or another provider and request lab work. Many of my registered nursing students will partner with a nurse practitioner or another holistic practitioner in their community and get lab work done in that way. So the results of lab work are the responsibility of the ordering provider. So anytime that lab work is ordered, you're at risk of taking responsibility for potentially critical lab values that need to be addressed on the spot. When I was a primary care provider, I would take call for myself and other primary care providers in my network, and I would be responsible for critical lab values that needed to be addressed immediately. And that is one reason why a nurse practitioner or physician would be responsible for those lab values. Registered nurses do not have the training to manage critical lab values. And although they may be the perfect person to help someone navigate their health story within the normal reference range or almost normal lab values, when patients are given significantly abnormal lab values, that may require some follow-up that is certainly outside the scope of a registered nurse. Many of my students ask me if they should become a nurse practitioner to practice functional medicine. And the interesting thing that I see happen during the course is some students come in and they write in their very first introductory post to everyone that they are planning to become a nurse practitioner when the program is over. 
alternatively, many nurses come to the program thinking that they are happy being a registered nurse and have never considered being a nurse practitioner. Interestingly, during the course, we often during our talks together, realize that many people have changed their mind about this in both directions while in the course. So I'll have students who thought they wanted to become a nurse practitioner and they realize during the course that they know enough as a registered nurse to have a huge impact on people's health outcomes and that they aren't interested in the small gain that they would get, that 5% for me, of being able to order lab work for their patients. Alternatively, some of my students that are registered nurses decide that they are interested in becoming a nurse practitioner for the first time because maybe they do want the ability to order lab work. And many students decide that they want to use a lot of lab work in their practice. And so that's a great motivator. Other students realize the power of root cause medicine often being helping someone with their lifestyle. And so they feel quite comfortable doing this as a registered nurse and their patients see significant benefit from their help. So what does practicing functional medicine look like for a nurse practitioner? I will say for me, it looks exactly like it would for a registered nurse. The difference for me is that I might take those labs that I mentioned earlier that someone comes to me with before their first visit. I review those and we discuss uh, maybe some follow-up lab work in the future. So I do use my nurse practitioner license to order lab work. There are several options now to get lab work done in various avenues that the registered nurse can review. So they haven't ordered it themselves, but they're able to review the results. We will talk about that more in another episode. The bottom line for me when it comes to talking about scope of practice and practicing as a registered nurse is that you should always seek legal counsel when setting up any new practice, whether that be as a registered nurse or a nurse practitioner, and follow the scope of practice for your state and your licensure. How many people have complained to you that they don't feel like they were listened to in the allopathic care model? I have had so many clients tell me that they feel like it's the first time they were listened to. And by hearing their story, we were able to uncover their root cause and they were able to heal. Do people really need more prescriptions or fancy tests? No, because their modern lifestyle, their exposures, their relationships, their self-talk, those things are truly at the root of nearly every chronic health condition. We activate our genes with our life choices and exposures and a nurse helping a client to understand this and shift their daily choices that affect their chronic health risks is such a powerful thing. And I am really excited that I get to help nurses become a bigger part of the solution for healthcare. One of the benefits of the Functional Medicine for Nurses program offered through the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy in partnership with the Institute for Functional Medicine is that it is taught by me and I am a nurse. I will say that I speak nursing and that is what we need more of in functional medicine or functional nursing. I feel like discussing and understanding your scope and working to practice within your scope of practice is critical. Another thing that I think is really exciting about partnering with the Institute for Functional Medicine is that many of our students are able to go on and take advantage of the huge discounts that IFM offers our functional medicine for nurses graduates. 
scope of practice is a really big topic for nurses practicing functional medicine, and I am excited to say that this is not going to be our only episode on this topic. We have many functional medicine nurses scheduled to come on and share how they're using functional medicine to truly heal their patients and clients. And I am excited to have a platform where we can share their stories and you can learn from them. I hope that this episode was clarifying for you and empowering as a registered nurse or as a nurse practitioner. And I hope you join me again next time. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast. If you want to help spread the word about the powerful role nurses can play as true healers using functional medicine practices, consider sharing an episode with a nurse friend or on social media. And click the subscribe button to stay informed of newly released episodes. You can also visit and share the links below in the show notes for more information on nursing resources and the Functional Medicine for Nurses course offered through the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy in partnership with the Institute for Functional Medicine. Until next time, be well.